Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Everybody good? Everybody happy? All right. You don't know if you're happy or not? Okay, then just tell like you are. Fake it till you make it, right? All right, I'm going to do something different tonight just because we, we finished the uh, uh, Revelation Gifts last Wednesday, but and, and so we won't be here next Wednesday, so I thought, hey, it's, it's Holy Week, so I want to go over a couple of things. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the atonement a little bit, and then we'll pick back up in two weeks on, on our gifts, which will be our power gifts, so definitely don't, don't, uh, don't miss that, faith, miracles, and healings. The gifts of faith, the gifts of miracles, and gifts of healing. So we'll, we'll start on those in, in two weeks, whatever, whatever date that is. That must be like, what, the 20th? No, 27th? Something like that, last Wednesday. Anyway, y'all know what it is. So I want to talk about the atonement. The atonement, because um, you know, I always want to take a, uh, an opportunity to, to take advantage of the season in which we're in and what God is doing. And so we'll just, we'll just talk about the atonement a little bit. Here tonight, uh, so I got a, a, a definition here for you of the atonement. <clears throat> we believe that God's answer to man's sinful state is the death of His Son. How many? How many? How many believe that? I like to put it this way: the 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 cure for all mankind is Jesus. And boy, if, if there's ever been a, a time that that the world needs Jesus, is right now. I mean, it's crazy. It, it, it's past crazy. What's past crazy? L- lost their minds. I mean, but, but mankind without God has, has done that, and they're, and they're bent towards death. Um, the good, that, that's the bad news. The good news is that Jesus can fix it. Jesus already has fixed it. And so he's, he's in a, and, and it's, it's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to happen. I still, right now, I, I'm, I'm convinced of this, that, uh, that, that right now people are having an easy time to go to hell. This is an easy time to go to hell. So easy right now to go to hell. And uh, just because we choose, but but I believe what God is doing and, and the intensification of His of His presence is um, is going to make it hard for them to go to hell. Wouldn't that be great? If somebody's going to go to hell, they got to, they're going to go kicking. They're going with everything they've got, man, <laughs> you know, to make it in there. I believe the presence of God can get so heavy that that, that kind of things can happen. So uh, and and. And it's very simple how, how, it's, how, it, how it does happen because the price has already been paid. So, uh, so anyway, with that in mind, I believe that God's answer to man's sinful state um, is the death of Jesus' son. He's already done that. So Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross, he died on the cross. His suffering, his shed blood have made full atonement. And that's, that's very key right there, full atonement. Full atonement. And we'll look at what the definition of atonement is here in a second. For the sins of the whole world. Everybody say the whole world. That's everybody. That's everybody. It's already made available for everybody. And that there is no other ground for salvation. There's no other way, if you want to put it that way, way of salvation. Just, just, just absolutely no other way. You have to believe that. You have to believe that all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And uh, can't be ashamed of the gospel. I've got, I've got several defi- uh, scriptures here. I know you're taking notes. I'm not going to go through them. Uh, but I did want to put it down, 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 21, Galatians 1 and 4, Ephesians 1 and 7. Anyway, you guys can read. Some of these we'll, uh, we'll look at as, as, we, as we go through. 
Um, so first of all, I want to talk about the curse. I was, I was going to <clears throat> kind of go through the curse a little bit, but I just didn't think I had time. Once I got my notes done with this, I just want to spend more time on the atonement than I did the curse. The curse is simply what happened. The curse is simply what happened to man in the garden, disobedient, disobedient to God, disobedient to God. I'm telling you, this is my Wednesday night, people, so y'all, y'all need to pray. I got an assignment for Sunday. And, and, and the site, this is not just a, it's not just a sermon. I know it's, I know it's Easter, it's a death, burial, and resurrection, but it, but I'm telling you, it's an, it's an assignment. It's an assignment. And, um, and, and so we're going, we're going to talk about some things on, um, on, on Easter Sunday morning. And we're going to be very intentional. We're going to be very intentional. You guys come to church here, you know our services. And so you said we're going to do a service at 830, 945, and 1115. Is that right? Uh, we get on changing so many times trying to get it right, but that's what it is. You're like, how in the world is highest praise going to do that? You know, it takes us, you know, it, it takes me 35 minutes just to take a text, you know, let alone, you know, get it going good. And, but, but you really have to lean on the, it, it's from, from, from this, from this side of this desk, it's, it's, it's harder, believe it or not, it's harder to take a uh, to do three services that quick and and know exactly and try to know exactly what God is doing and what God wants to do than it is than if I had an hour just to spend behind this pulpit. That's why I really want to hear from God. And, and sometimes it takes that and God allows that. We don't have that this Sunday. And so we've we've got we've got an open door for some people that we sometimes it's our only time of year to have an open door for them. And so we got to be very intentional, very intentional, okay? And um, so anyway, um, we're, so just be praying, <laughs> just be praying because of like God's going to do some great stuff. You know, I might say some more stuff about Sunday here in a minute, but we'll see. So what is the curse? The, the, the curse is what happened in the garden. It's called a disobedient, disobedient. Um, death did not come from, death is not a, is not an, is not a creation of the devil. It's a creation of God. Okay? And so, but it's activated by man through sin. So that, that's Sunday. <laughs> Going to deal with that Sunday. Death was activated by man. It was created by God. Remember, the devil can't create anything. It was created by God and with no power whatsoever. Death had no power. It was created because life was created. And death was in life, but death had no power. So now I'm preaching Sunday. But I'm going to get back to this in a second. So I'm practicing on you guys. <laughs> I usually just in my office, you know, just staring out the window. Does that make sense? But death had, death had no power. Didn't. God created death without power. Death received power through the disobedience of man, through sin. So Jesus came. This is where it gets good. I'm getting chill bumps now. So Jesus came not to defeat death, because death isn't a problem, but to defeat sin. So I just said. Because sin is what empowers death. 
Okay? So Sunday, I got to, we're going to tell a lot of people that sin is activated or receives its, no, back up. Death is activated or receives its power through sin. And the only cure for your sin is Jesus. So if you want to take away death's power from you, then allow Jesus to take care of your sin. That was my sermon. What did it take me? Two minutes. Okay. Happy Easter, everybody. Go eat you some ham. Have a good time. Because sin is a result of the curse. Not on what God did, but what man did. Are you with me? Okay, so now let's do this. So curse, the curse is anything negative that affects man. That's a curse. Sin, depravity, which is moral corruption and wickedness. I mean, that's what we're really seeing it. It's intensifying even more and more and more. Um, separation from God, sickness, poverty, mental anguish, all that is the curse or the results of the curse of the results of what Adam and Eve did, it did in the garden disobedience. So we're all born in the curse. Little babies, we just love them. They come out, oh, they're so innocent. You know, they are, no, they're not. They're, they got, they're born under a curse. Okay? Um, God's answer to the curse is the atonement. So there has to be an answer to the curse. The atonement is the release from the curse. So I just told you as a baby, you were born, every single one of us was born under the curse. You were born bound to the curse. You were born with a sinful nature. We got a problem. So, Jesus, so the problem or the, the answer to the problem is the atonement. And the atonement is the release from the curse. The atonement means to cover over. It means to cancel it means to pardon, it means to put off, and it means to reconcile. That's very important because sin separates us from God. The atonement brings us back together. All right? This is, this is, 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 is great. We take this time of year to do this. We should do this probably about at least once a quarter. Every church in America should talk about the atonement to realize that we need it. We need the blood of Jesus. The reconciliation is between a sinful man and a holy God. We're sinful, he's holy. We've been reconciled. We've been put back together. The atonement is covering over that which separated man from God. Okay? Something separated us from God, and the atonement comes to remove that. We know what it is. It's sin. It also includes the restoration to that place a favor with God. So not only are we put back together with God, but we also receive that favor back from God. We talked about that the other week, the favor of God. The favor of God. Um, so the atonement, the means of the atonement. So, so if that's what the atonement is, that reconciles us, brings us back to God, then what is the means of the atonement? So the means of the atonement, number one, is God laws requires a blood sacrifice in the place of sin. Sin took sin happened. It's happened. So what 
what's got to take, something's got to take its place, something worthwhile, and we know what it is. It's a blood sacrifice. Hebrews 9.22, I wrote some of those down. It says, without the remissions, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. That word remission there means forgiveness. So without the shedding of blood, there's absolutely, positively, no way you can be forgiven. No way. Even under an old covenant, if, if God did not sustain a law, if God did not give an antidote for our, for our, um, for our unforgiveness, then there'd be no way. I mean, can you imagine one sin, it's over. There's nothing to do. But God says, no, I've got a, I've, I've got a means. I've got a means of atonement. I've got a way of atonement. And it's called the shed blood. Because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission or there's no forgiveness of sin. Uh, under A here, when Adam and Eve sinned, God made tunics of skin to clothe their nakedness. To make the skins, animals had to die. Their death and shedding of blood covered other Adam and Eve's shame. That's in Genesis 3.21. So you say, well, how, how, was, how was the first sin? You know, they, they were covered, but... But what did that have to do with blood? Well, if they took the skin off an animal, that animal um, had to die to be, to, be, to be shed of its skin. So blood was spilt to cover their sins. So even after the, first, after the first sin, blood was spilt to cover, to use the tunics to, or the covering to cover their sins. And so we already see that the day of that atonement is already in place, even right here in Genesis chapter number three. We haven't got three chapters into the into the Bible. We already see blood is already flowing. Blood is already flowing. Blood is already flowing because that's the means to cover up our sins. So the correct the correct sin offering we understand and we again we see here in Genesis four we know what know what Abel did or and Cain did Cain offered the fruits of the ground Cain offered actually Abel actually offered uh, a lamb's eye so the correct sin offers Abel offered a good and pure lamb the lamb's life and blood covered his sins so again we see the reason why God accepted Cain's I mean Abel's and not Cain's is because the blood was the blood was applied and because that's that's the means of of, of the atonement. The atonement in the law, Exodus 29, 36, 37. It says, you shall offer a bull every day as a sin offering for atonement. Thank God we're not under the law anymore. Every single day, just all day long, every single day, at the, at the altar, at the temple, every single day, all day long, a, just a bull is offered for the sins of, of a nation. And of course, people was bringing their own sin, their sin for offerings, their own lambs. I mean, all this stuff, just, just blood flowing, blood flowing, blood flowing. You know, we read, you know, no, nobody wants to, um, nobody wants, I mean, there's someone just got saved. We don't say, great, now that you're saved, here's the Old Testament. Start with the book of Leviticus. And they probably not gonna, they're not going to last till about 2 o'clock on Monday after that Sunday they got saved. It's like, what is this? And um, because it's, first of all, it's, it's old covenant. But, but one thing I love about the book of Leviticus, it, it reminds us that blood, is, blood started to flow. It never stopped. Just flowing, just flowing, just flowing, just flowing, just flowing. It has to be a continuous flow. Why? Because there's a continuous sin pattern that's taking place in men. And so we see this is happening. Um, so that's what the Bible says. Number two, animal blood was temporary. So we see that the, it, it, is the, it, is the, it is the blood of bulls to make atonement. And so every year, you know, on the day of atonement, they, they would sit back and wait and see if God accepted that, 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 that blood of, of that, that, 
lamb or the, the blood of the bull for the day of atonement. And, and they're waiting for sin that God uh, would, would take that. So they're constantly every day going with it. But even the reason why they had to do it every single year because it was temporary. One bull couldn't die for the sins of everybody just one time. It took many. It's just going to come back. So Hebrews 10 and 4 says, For it is not possible that the bloods of bulls and goats could take away sins. See, all we're talking about right now is covering sins. It's covering sins. And there's a difference. You know, I can, I can cover, I can, I can cover my glasses with this, even with this Bible. I can cover it. But guess what? It's still there. It's still there. But if I could take something that would take it away and then guess what even though you remove it it's, it's gone so there's a difference between covering something and taking away something how many is glad that your sins are not covered amen that's enough to shout about i mean all night my sins are not covered my sins are taken away amen i mean every single one of them not just a bad one not just a good one however you come to categorize it i mean they're all been taken away so animal blood was temporary for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Hebrews 10 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sins. So they're not, even though the priests are working and blood is flowing, blood is flowing, the sin is still there. It's just covering it just so they can have a, a, a fellowship with God. Because God is so holy, he can have nothing to do with sin. That's what makes him holy. That's what makes him powerful. And so it's being covered, it's being covered, it's being covered, it's being covered. Number three, God provides a permanent covering for sin. Our permanent covering for sin is found in the work of Christ. Everything we're celebrating right now, we're celebrating the fact that our sins have not, and thank God for the shed blows of bulls, lambs, and goats. At least it covers our sins, but guess what? It's still there. You know, the devil, the, the devil a lot of times thinks he's still under, that we're still under the old covenant. And sometimes we live like we're under the old covenant. So when the devil comes up and says, and brings back and tells you, you're not worthy, you're not, you, you shouldn't be praising God that way. You shouldn't be believing God for your family because of all this stuff that you've done. You need to tell the devil, now wait a minute, devil, you got to understand something. My sins were not covered with bulls, lambs, and goats. My sins were taken away by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, don't get, in a, don't get in a conversation habit with the devil. <laughs> you know? I mean, don't, I mean people, people who have a lot of conversation. I've been fighting the devil all week long. I've been talking to him. I tell you, I've been battling and wrestling with him. You know what? That's so sad. Because every time you're talking to the devil, that means you're not talking to Jesus. Right? I mean, you know what? You ever meet these people? War, Warfare-loving people? Oh, I'm in a battle, boy. Jeez, I tell you, since I left first, I've been in a battle. I was on a battle Sunday night. I was in a battle all day Monday. I'm in a battle. Just battle, 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 battle. When, when you been, exactly when have you been praising God? Because all I hear is a bunch of warfare going on. So don't, don't, don't. And, and, <sighs> the devil is a fallen angel. I didn't want to say it because I want to go down another path. Lucifer, he's an archangel. We're not even supposed to have communication with angels anyway. Sorry, you're just, just not. Everything, everything comes to, they're here to help us. We don't worship them. We don't bow down to them. They're here to, here to help us. We, we're here to worship God. And so the devil is a fallen angel. You shouldn't have any conversation with him anyway. So my only point is, is that if you're in warfare all the time, stop. Well, this is four, but I'm just, we're going down this road. 
You don't get a star. You don't get a pin for being in warfare all the time. Jesus has all power and has taken away all power from the devil. You don't have to fight him. You don't have to wrestle with him. You don't have to argue with him. You don't have to remind him. All you have to do is praise the one with his song about it that has taken away and given you all power and glory. Your warfare should be, oh, Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, for setting me free. I want to thank you, God, for the peace that I know I have. I want to thank you for the healing that I know is my body, God. I want to thank you for this is the day that you have made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, God. I just want to worship you and praise you God you know what that is full blown warfare and the devil is trying to get your your attention off of that and get you into a conversation with him and we can go all the way back to the beginning and find out what happens when we get in a conversation with him We're going to lose. Even Michael, another great angel of the Trinity, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer, says, I bring no railing accusation against him, even though I know he's a low-down, dirty, stinking rascal. But that's not for me to deal with. Jesus has dealt with him. Amen? Okay. Sorry to destroy all your cassette tapes you bought in the 90s, but throw them away. That's the no more. <laughs> See these? All right. Reconciliation is restoration. I've been using the word reconciliation. In the last minute, I kind of put that in here. I guarantee you, we don't know what reconciliation. Reconciliation is restoration. The blood, reconciliation means the fellowship that we lost with him has now been restored. Amen. I mean, we were born this way, but because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we have been restored. We have been redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed say so. Who has redeemed us from the hands of our enemy? All right. I don't know why I'm on angels tonight. See, angels, angels don't even understand what we understand. Angels are not redeemed. The ones that fell are still in the fallen state, and they will never be redeemed. They'll be thrown into to the bottomless pit. With, a, with, with their head angel, with, with Lucifer forever and ever and ever. That pit is not for us. People I said a while ago who just, who just fallen going that way and going that way. It's not, they're going to a hell that wasn't intended for them to go into. But we do know what it feels like to be on our way to hell, but took a detour. And we've been redeemed from death unto life. And so when we get to heaven, the angels are going to be at all. And these jokers know how to worship. And they know how to praise. But an angel don't know the joy that we have. 
that when we walk into heaven, who knows what it looks like. We, we're going to a heaven that we've never been to. But when we get there, we're going to be so celebratory. It's just going to be so powerful and so great. And because we're going to look at it, I don't know what we're going to think, but I, I, I'm telling you, in the, in the top 10, it's going to, be the, going to be just one ounce, one quick. It's going to hit you. Oh, what if I missed it? And, and just as quick as that thought, what if I'd have missed all of this? It's going to hit you. But I didn't because I've been redeemed. And the angel's going to say, what do you mean you've been redeemed? What does that mean? It means I almost missed it. I should have missed it. I could have missed it. But I didn't miss it. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Where is he? I want to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget it. The problem with, I, I feel like with the church of 2022, it's not as much as we need more information. We need to remember information that we have forgotten. Teach us something new, Patrick. Give us something. I never heard it as a honey. Quit forgetting what it is that should be keeping you going and keeping you alive and, and keeping you from veering off the path. Uh, I need to calm down. It's Easter, man. We got, we got some sense up in here Sunday. All right. So now let's talk about the blood of Jesus. We just talked about the blood of animals, which was temporary. Let's talk about the blood that's not temporary. Amen. Um, Hebrews 9 and 12. The blood of Jesus. Not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. Once for all. Having obtained eternal redemption. Eternal redemption. We've been redeemed eternally. Boy, that's powerful. Colossians 1 and 20. I put passion. Let's put the end of it there. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Um, I want to go to, um, y'all probably got, got it back there. I gave you some notes to it. But Colossians 1 and 20. I might want to do something different. Colossians 1 and 20. There's something here I really liked. So I wanted... Um, I'm going to 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 Colossians 1 and 19. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself. Back to, that means back to its original intent, restored to innocence again that's what that means that the the blood of Jesus and the peace that we have means that everything that we lost he restores it and puts it right back where we were before we got lost that make any sense amen Boy, I'm telling you, I, I dug into this once I realized I just, it just hit me. I thought, no, we're, let's, we're gonna, 
we, I, I just want to hit this today. So I, just, I, I literally just sit down and went through this. And, and, and we, we, we have to remember that, that, that Jesus has a way to put us. Yeah, where he found us, but also to restore us back to our, our, our regular intent that he had for us before we got all off the path. That's what it said. That's powerful, having made peace through the blood of his cross. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We know this, but I want you to see it. I want you to know where it's at. I want you to know where it's at. People's gonna get saved in here Sunday, like they do every Sunday. But but I, I'm I'm just believing we're, we're we're training in a direction that it's time for the church to know that that can give that can give an explanation for the hope of your glory. Huh? You can't say, oh, I'm just on the way to heaven. Well, why? People want to know that. And we can begin to tell them what Jesus has done for us and how we know that. So uh, the suffering of Jesus, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. How many know that Christ suffered? Because remember, he's the price paid. He's the one that, that took the sacrifice. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. He was wounded for our, he was wounded, he was bruised, he was chastised. That means he was also rebuked. He was whipped. All this was on our behalf that we might be reconciled back into a full relationship with God. Everything that Jesus did was to get us back to the right fellowship with God. And without that fellowship, then we are eternally damned. And so he took care of that. He just completely, what I tell you up here, that he, we've been restored. We've been restored because we need to be restored. So now what did, the, what did the death of Jesus do? The Bible says that the death of Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 15, he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. It's not enough just to just on Easter week say, well, I'm glad you did it. But now you don't live a life for yourself. You live a life for the one who paid that price. Amen. Come on, Christians. Are we doing it? Got to make sure we are. Well, he paid the price. We couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't. He did it. So we want to live a life. We want to live a life. We want to live a life for him because he's the one. So we want to do what he does. We want to, we want to operate what, what, what was, you know, no bracelet we should wear. What would Jesus do? That's exactly how we should be living. Because he's the one that paid the price for us. First Peter 2, 24. I like this in the passion too. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Um, and it says, he himself carried our sins. Amen. Isn't that good news? He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sins. How many of you can be dead to sins? We don't have to, if it's dead, that means it can't bother you. I mean, I don't like death no more than anybody else does. I mean, dead people just, just creep me out. When they're dead, I mean, they're, they're in eternity, so I'm not talking about the person. It's just, I'm just not one of them. I just don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just, yeah, you're not comfortable. I mean, I, I mean nothing. I just, you know, I've lost people I love and, you know, cried and broken, you know, just destroyed me and all this kind of stuff. But, 
but but I have but I have hope that that they're they're not they're not here. They're they're there to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. My whole point in saying that is is that even though I don't I don't care to hang out with death, dead people, but one thing is for sure: dead people can't hurt you. Right? Are we in agreements? <laughs> I hope so. No, I got to go to another another teaching right now. They can't. Why can't they? Why can't they hurt you? Why? Dead. It can't bother you, right? Can't tempt you. Can't persuade you. Can't do nothing. Why? They're what? They're what? In the back. They're what? They're dead. Now, wouldn't it be great if your sins were that way? Wouldn't it be great if your addiction was that way? Wouldn't it be great if your, your attitude was that way? Well, it can be. It's there because the devil's going to make sure it's there. But guess what? You don't see it as alive. You see it as dead. And if it's dead, it can't bother you. If you're an alcoholic and you see a Budweiser, guess what? It's dead to you. Somebody said, I don't know, man. That bud is calling me kind of loud. Still, I'm sitting here at church. Oh, come on now, religious holy people. So what we got to do? Ask God to kill it. God said, let me get back to this. It says... Because it's, you, got, you, better, you better watch reading the Bible, man. That's a dangerous thing. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin. And he's saying you're not saved. You confess your heart, believe you, believe, confess your heart, confess your mouth. You believe in your heart, confess your mouth. We'll get it right in a minute, right? And you're born again, Right? So you're saved, you're on your way to heaven, but you still got some stuff dealing with you. Oh, man. Let's deal with that for a second. Y'all brought this stuff. I didn't go through any of this stuff in my office all by myself. Y'all bring this stuff in here, but it's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's okay. That's, that's why. I told you, I tell you, I was somewhere, they, I was preaching, and somebody asked one time, he says, you know, other preachers, why is it my sermon is so easy at, like at home or even in my office? I get in the church, it just, it just struggles and everything else. I said, because in your office at home, you don't have a couple hundred people and they're bringing all kinds of stuff in there. There's, it's hindrances. It is, it's hindrances. It's not a bad thing. That means you got to be up in the Holy Spirit and say, okay, deal with some stuff. So, so that's what we're doing around. We're, we're, we're dealing with some stuff. And so, um, what was I getting ready to say before I said that? Anybody remember? Huh? Yeah, we're dead to sin. I was going to say something else. I forgot what it was now, but it's gone. So he himself bore our sins on the body, on the, on, on the tree. So, so we understand. Let's get back to this. So it says, he himself carried our sins in his body on the Christ so that we, should, that we would be dead to sin. Got, got to be dead to it. Ask, ask God, to, ask God to, to, to kill it. You say, well... Does that mean I'm not, I'm not saved? Oh, I know what it was. See, I, I told you, somebody drug it back out of me again. 
it's, you know, remember, the Egyptians or the Israelites spent over 400 years in Egypt. But in one day, they came out. Right? They went through the Red all, all, all the symbolics. I mean, they, 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 went through the Red, they went through the Red Sea, you know, which is symbolic of the baptism, you know. They had the fire in the mountain, symbolic to the Pentecost, uh, the, the giving of the law, all the, everything, all the, all the symbols that had it. But, but Pastor Moses, with this holier than thou group that God had given them, you know what he prayed? He prayed this prayer. God, if you love me, kill me right now. It's in your Bible. I mean, every pastor's prayed that prayer at least 12 times. God, if you love me, you know. I believe in the rapture. Just rapture me. Just me right now. My point is, is that why was that? Because even though God took them out of Egypt, which was a, which was a symbolic of sin, sin was still in them. You can't just, I mean, it's, it's, still, it's still there. It's still there. And so um, we have to, they're out of Egypt. They're heading to the promised land like we are, but we still got to deal with some stuff that's in us. He separated us. Don't be, af- don't be afraid to say the prayer. Say, God, I'm a sinner. I got, I got thoughts. I got desires. I got things coming my way, and, and your blood has killed it. I need to be dead to me. See, we, we can't just, we don't just pray. That his blood is always, already, already applied. He's already taken away. But the effects of it is still there. We want it to be dead. You got to believe that the blood of Jesus is able to kill it. That's why always alcoholic will not always be an alcoholic. It can be dead to you. Always a crack addict won't always be a crack addict. It can be dead to you. Right? Always a fornicator, not be a fornicator. It can be dead to you. You understand what I'm saying? Because the Bible says that. That's what that means there. We have to, we have to take it for what it is. We, we settle for it. We live through stuff that we shouldn't have to live through. <clears throat> he himself carries sin of the body across. We'll be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. So our instant healing. We receive, we receive healing by his, by his word. And by the shedding of his blood is what the Bible teaches us. All right, we got it roll. Romans 5 and 6. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's all of us. Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We know that. Even while we run around and doing, the, doing what it is we're doing, then we realize the blood of Jesus is still, is still following us everywhere. It's still there. Christ made his atonement for every single sin in the world. Every single sin in the world. Past, present, and future. There is no sin too big for which Christ cannot atone. It's the blood of Jesus we're talking about here. Yeah, you don't understand what I did. You don't understand what I did. It doesn't matter. His blood is able to supply it. However, what is essential is the appropriation of that atonement into our lives. In other words, it, it's like it's like it's like the in the Old Testament, if 
on the night of the Passover, when God told them to take a lamb, your pet lamb, kill it, take the blood, pour it in a bucket, apply it to the doorpost, take the rest of it in there, cook it and eat it. Now, if they don't, the key word there, if they had to miss one word, then they'd have been doomed. What was that key word? Apply it. You can kill it. You can pour it in a bucket. You can eat it and sit there and wait. But if you don't apply it, don't mean anything to you. So you have to make sure it's applied, right? So it's applied. It's applied. So, anyway, however, what is essential is the appropriation of the atonement to our lives. Potentially, everyone can be saved. But practically, not everyone will be saved because some choose to remain in their sin. Everyone can be saved. We just talked about, started out how crazy the world is, what's going on with all, I mean, just everyone, we have to understand that God is that powerful. His blood is sufficient. So potentially, everyone can, but practically, not everyone will be. And that's not God's fault, it's our fault. Right? So anyway, the result of the atonement. Forgiveness. How many ever needed forgiveness? Amen. That's all of us. And you being dead in your trespasses, which is your sins, he has made alive. I mean, it's alive. Are you alive? Well, eight of you alive. Everybody else okay? Alive? We are alive. Having forgiven, having forgiven, we've been forgiven all of our sins, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The key thing about nailing it to the cross is that it means everything that was nailed to the cross with him went to the grave with him. And when he got up, he left it in the grave and he got up completely redeemed. Amen. Amen. Cleanse. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. John 1 and 7. Cleanses us from all sin. We've been cleansed. Fellowship with God. 1 Timothy 2 and 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all. So he came, this one man, there was one man, and he joined us together. So we're at one with, we're at one with God, the creator of all the earth. Adam and I, Elohim, we just got Yahweh, we just got through singing all about it while ago. We're at one with him. Adonai, which, which means the Lord. He's, he's, Adonai means the Lord of the covenant. Elohim means, means God. Adonai is Lord. You put it together, Lord God. That means God means, means the all creator of the heavens and the earth. He spoke everything that came into existence. How powerful of a being is that? But Adonai sat off and says, but with that great of a powerful of a being, he's a friend to you. That's great. It's good stuff. So we've been, that's what that means there by we've been in fellowship with God. Healing, by his stripes we are healed. How many believe that? By his stripes we are healed. Uh, I wish I had time to teach on that a little bit more, but we'll get back to that later. Prosperity, uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know that grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, that through, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you may be rich. Now, that doesn't mean if you come to church, you're going to get rich. Want to know why? Because most people can't take it. 
true. You would lose your mind if you asked for everything God gave you, everything you asked for. So spiritually, spiritually, spiritually rich. Anyway, can't teach on that now either. Number six, a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That word creation there means something that has never existed before. Have to understand that. That's very important. A new creation. He doesn't. God is not a remodeler. You know, he's not, he don't remodel things. Is that even a word? Remodeler? Remodeler. Remodeler. They passed me just to get me the heck out, as y'all can tell. Ain't always been saved. Remodeler. <laughs> I mean, I got it now. I'm going to say it like eight times before I go to bed tonight. Remodeler. God is not a remodeler. <laughs> He's not going to take something that is old, dilapidated, and tore up and remodel it. He's going to create something brand new for you. So the day you got saved, he didn't remodel you. He made something completely new that has never existed before. That's why, a, watch this, watch this. That's why someone who's really born again, the devil don't even recognize you. He's like, wait a minute, who are you? Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You didn't just get a facelift. You didn't just put some new paint and a new roof on you. You are completely made new. I've never seen anything like you before. And all the demons who used to could tear you down can't tear you down anymore because you're not remodeled. You created brand new. Amen. Remodeler. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Country boy can survive, can't he? <laughs> With some help. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the breaking of the curse. Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for his written curse is everything hung on a tree. So anyway, let's put these last bullets here and we're done. The fall of man brought a curse on the world, right? Jesus Christ, through his blood, suffering, and death, brought freedom to the world. This freedom is called atonement. You're free because of the shed blood of Jesus. You're free. You're free. You're free. We can choose to live in the curse of, of the fall or in the blessing of the atonement. We're free. You are, let me write it down. I'm going to write it down. I'm done, I promise you. You are as free as you want to be. If you are as free as you want to be, you are as free as you're going to be. I need to write it down. Y'all got it. No. If you, if you are as free as you want to be, you're as free as you're going to be. But if you're not as free as you want to be, they better watch out. Girlfriend at work ain't going to recognize you when you get as free as you want to be. 
Right, church? Don't ever settle. Don't ever settle being as free as you want to be. You might be free. That's what David meant when he says, you ain't seen nothing yet when he was dancing before the Lord. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the freedom that comes with the atonement. Freedom is called the atonement. We don't get freedom through music. We don't get freedom, God, through uh, excited preacher. We don't get freedom, Lord, through the type church we go through, God. We get freedom through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we confess it with our mouth. We believe it with our heart that we are free. And, Lord, I release that freedom all over this house. I release this, that freedom, Lord, up and down these roads, the atmosphere that surrounds this place, Lord. I pray, God, that freedom draws them in. And, Lord, I know that we're going to have so, we got everything, God, we've dotted our I's and crossed our T's, Lord. But, God, what we cannot, what we cannot give is freedom. That's what you have given. I pray, Lord, that every person that steps on these campuses, Lord, this Sunday, God, will receive freedom and that every curse will be broken and the atmosphere will be changed, Lord. Because atonement isn't going to happen. The atonement has already happened. And so, God, we thank you for freedom, Lord, that's going to resonate upon every person. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. We'll see you all. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.